Man, did Teddy wake up? Tell your tell Becky to be quiet. We're live right now. I heard I heard coughing in the background. Oh. Matt, I mean Becky Matt said no coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you hear that? Yeah. You hear, hear the music in the background? Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it kind of fading now. I, how many months have I been saying that I was going to add that? <laughs> it's still going, man. It sounds great. Thank you. Man, my hair looks wild. It looked like Flying Brian after a night lighted up at Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got my I almost got my Brian mullet here. I'm just like a little little shaverooski on the side there. But man, before we talk Flying Brian. And the rest of the boys at AEW. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a rancid celebrating a baby screaming. Oh, eh, oh, eh. An American Dragon debuting. That was more of a cat than a dragon. Back, we're talking PWI 500 and doing a little debate rooski. It's the episode. It's right now. It's a brother's discussion. We're talking the future of professional wrestling, the past year in professional wrestling. Since that's how this PWI 500 is built, Matt, maybe we'll make a little time for Mick Foley dropping some harsh truth bombs on a company that he loved and worked for. And Matt, a company that you and I have given quite a bit of money to if you check out our t-shirt collection and former Royal Rumble ticket stubs. Matt, we're going to do that. Maybe not all that and more. All that before we fall asleep for nap nap time. We are in the East Coast. Rampage just ended here at 11 p.m. Matt. It's bedtime. It is spicy. It's another week. Hope you're geared up, Matt. How are you doing over there? I'm doing good. Um, you you asked, uh, I think, like, maybe, maybe it was at the birthday party, but uh, you asked, like, within the last couple of weeks, um, if Eddie tucks her chin when we do, you know, playful power bombs on, like, the bed. Yeah. Um, at that time, I said, no, she did not. But today, I spun yeah. little Teddy around. Like, you know, picked him up, spun him around. Newborn baby Teddy. Yeah. First... <laughs> yeah. Almost four-month-old. Uh, first thing he did, he tucked the chin. He's well, I guess one wrestling. of the babies you're uh, watching wrestling with and the other one, uh, I don't know, man. Doesn't, doesn't bode well for Eddie. <laughs> he did... Put his tongue out though, so you know that would have been, that could have been dangerous. Um. <laughs> Luckily, he doesn't have any teeth yet. Um, it was, oh, 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 it was like that. Like this, <laughs> that eyes went wide because I, I think that was the first time I spun him around. Um, and on impact, he put his fingers in front of his eyes. So he got, <laughs> <laughs> he got both his eyes. 
Matt, before we dive into a pack show before nap nap time, where can all the beautiful people find us? Uh, it's at BOD Podcast uh, on Twitter, brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. Uh, we do have uh, BODpodcast.com as the hub. Uh, no more blocks going up because even though everybody and their mother says um, that's how you get people to visit the podcast, it didn't. Nobody ever went to the blog, so uh, we're, I think we're going to stop paying for that and just have a nice little homepage where you guys can find all the links and stuff. And all the content will be where the content is. That's yes. uh, that's the long and short of that. If anybody's been like, "Hey, where's all the where's the blogs that had all the show notes?" Go to YouTube. There's show notes in there. All right. Yeah. Go to the YouTubes. Matt, I'm going to start you off with a hot tech question. I hope you got that graphic ready. I certainly do. Matt, AEW employees CM Punk, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, and Brian Danielson. Cult of personality, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho, Ride of the Valkyries, and whatever that Adam Cole song is, of those four, I need you to power rank those right now. Boom. Um. All right. I. It's I. I just heard Ruby's uh, a second ago, right on Rampage. So I'm gonna. Uh, I've I've watched all the videos a million times of these guys <laughs> debuting. It's yeah. got to be. I'm gonna go four, three, two, one. But it's. Uh, Soho, uh, Brian, Adam Cole, CM Punk. Wow. Um, bet I'm gonna go number one is Adam Cole. I think that is just a cool song I would just listen to, even though I don't know what it's called. And allegedly, he's had it. I don't know. The the young bucks were bopping their heads to it, really seemed to enjoy it. So it made me feel like I should know this song. <laughs> um, Number two, I'm going to say is Cult of Personality because that's just in my regular Spotify rotation. Always will be. And now I think of CM Punk. Number three, Soho. Number four, I love Ride of the Valkyries and uh, I get what they're going for, but uh, not feeling it. I don't think I'm going to be super jazzed when I see it and hear it live in person, but I will be singing Ruby, 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 Soho. And I've never taken time to listen to Rancid. Uh, until now. So <laughs> Ruby at number three, uh, Punk number two. And number one, I, I really love that Adam Cole song. Yeah, I think I think for me the, the Danielson one right now is is clicking more than the Ruby one because of that moment and because I've watched uh you know Brian coming out uh so many times and it's such a great moment. I've watched the backstage one, I've watched, you know, just watching all out over and over again. Um yeah. That's, I mean, the, the, some of the questions that I want to go over is, was that perfectly booked? Uh, but that's why right now I think I'm rating it over Ruby was because I think I, I texted you at the time. Like, I, I was just waiting for the Casino Battle Royale. I was just waiting for Ruby to come out, and it kind of took a little bit away from that match. So that one wasn't as – that debut wasn't as special for me as giving us the Swerve Adam Cole – and, and Brian Danielson coming out. Yeah. Uh, but Mike, I asked uh, I asked everybody on Twitter, who are, who are you most excited for after an episode of AEW Dynamite? Um, but I was surprised. I, I thought we'd really see one of these guys uh, stand out out of the four of them. 
so I, I, you know, we're we're one match into CM Punk's AEW career. Um, oh, by the way, my favorite thing about this was that somebody took. Um, they were really upset. New wrestlers. These guys are seasoned vets. Oh, okay, okay buddy. Yeah, new to AEW. <laughs> I think I got to the point. Like we went for a while. Um, wow. Yeah, if you guys are watching on YouTube. But my favorite one was I told him to just keep scrolling, but he kept going. So I kept fucking around and asking him, you know, if he needed help finding links to All Out so he could see that they debuted. Anyway, I was proud of myself that I didn't. I guess he got to me, but I wasn't like angry while I was doing it. I was having fun. Um, But anyway, Mike, for the listeners who can't see the the Twitter poll, uh, which new wrestler are you most excited for after an episode of AEW Dynamite? Uh, at the bottom of the list, unfortunately, but probably as, as we know the wrestling community, we could predict is uh, Ruby at seventeen point one percent, despite the fact that she has been shot straight to the main event scene. <laughs> she is <laughs> who everybody's least excited about. Um, yes. Now I'll tell you my answer uh, in a minute, but uh, number two is a tie. Actually, I, we should say just tied here. Twenty five point seven percent. CM Punk and Brian Danielson. And then at 31.4% is Adam Cole, baby. I, Mike, I would absolutely do some adjustments here. Uh, can I, Mike, can I do a hot tag for you? Can you rank these four uh, with your new context, an episode of Dynamite? You could throw in an episode of AEW Rampage. So you have one extra episode of AEW programming. Uh, Mike, hot tag. With some new content, who are you most excited for? Or uh, you know what? I'll I'll put you on the spot. Rank them rank them one to four, or four to uh, one. Uh, I'm gonna go one to four because that's easier for me. Uh, most excited about Brian Danielson. Uh, everything he does is a dream match. Uh, I what if he just fights like Sunny Kiss next Wednesday? That's a dream match for me. Uh, number two is still probably CM Punk. Um, he's still one of my favorite storytellers and he hasn't let me down so far. Uh, number three, it's gotta be, I'm sorry, Adam Cole and four for Ruby. Um, and I, I think this is almost directly correlates with, uh, what kind of opportunities the four of them have gotten on the microphone. And I think we just need to hear some more from Ruby. And so far what we've gotten is just physical altercations. And unfortunately this is what AEW does with their women. Um, they, you know, we'll kind of do a musical chairs for who's next to fight for the championship, but uh, not a lot of story yet. Not a lot of meat on those bones. And so far, I've already heard two Adam Cole story time babies, uh, CM Punk, uh, multiple promos, Brian Danielson uh, tearing the house down by saying, I have a question. Who wants to see me beat up Kenny Omega? Yay! <laughs> and that's all it took. Um, so yeah, I, I hope that Ruby, so that, that partially that excitement is just about the opportunities they've gotten. So I'm optimistic for Ruby, but I, I hope she gets a shot. Um, I hope they let her speak. And I, I follow up here. I'm going to lead the witness here, but I mean, does it, does it hurt Ruby? I, I would say a little bit here, considering she is going to have a title opportunity, but there's absolutely no chance that Britt Baker is. Mm-hmm going to lose that title? I feel like the same could be said for the other people debuting. Um, 
like I don't think that they're going to let Brian defeat Kenny Omega that quickly. Um, I don't think that's Brian's goal to come in and win the belt and just dominate Roman Reigns style for two years. Um, <laughs> it seems like Cole is going to be focused more on storylines. Uh, Punk is going to do that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I uh, I think the thing with Ruby is that when she debuted, I wouldn't have put her up against Thunder Rosa. Um, in the battle royale because it was a reminder of thunder rosa being one of the best wrestlers in the world and i sometimes it slips my mind how great she is and her her false eliminations in that uh battle royale were so good uh just my god it was like you know the Shawn michaels skin in the cat uh i'm gonna give triple h credit when he was fighting uh then Dean Ambrose, and we really thought that Triple H was gonna, you know, take the fall, and we we're gonna watch Ambrose just skyrocket into the stratosphere. Yeah. Um, those trips where he was just barely catching his feet on the edge, um, you know, and then Thunder Rosa, you know, her regular stuff's good too. But um, God, if you want to win me over, just have a strong performance in a Royal Rumble type match, and that's what Thunder Rosa did. Um, so I, you know, it was tough. I, I wouldn't have put her in the bottom two because. By proxy, it would it would elevate you know Thunder Rosa in my eyes and you know probably lower whoever um, just because she is so good. So yeah, that's just one humble opinion on Thunder. Well, what about the last? So the last follow up to that. What yeah. about do I sway you in any way to put Adam Cole higher on the list if there is? Right now, I mean, we're, we're just, we're not, we're not, you know, you have context is how I was asking that, but you can also fantasy book. If, if you think, or, or could you put Adam Cole higher? If you think Adam Cole could be here to destroy the elite from the inside, if that's his story. That's a, that's a pretty compelling story, man. Uh, it would be a great story, and I'm here for it. And I think Adam Cole might be he he might earn that number one spot. Like if they're if they start teasing that or hinting at it, but I I, I would probably still agree with you that anything Daniel Bryan here we go Brian Bryan Anderson is, does I know <laughs> it's, it's been like be, seven eight years yeah of yeah, course we're gonna, gonna be doing it it's gonna feel like uh like a dream match um also watch on. Any new AEW programming, I would say anytime somebody's about to say Brian Danielson, they do hesitate for a second. My favorite one was CM Punk uh, when he did his AEW Dynamite uh, <laughs> promo. He hesitated for maybe two and a half seconds before he said Brian Danielson. <laughs> My favorite line of the week was uh, right before Adam Cole came out. And Kenny Omega said, uh, nobody here can beat me. Anyone who could is not here. They're tired or they're already dead when he meant to say they're retired. Yeah. You had another one that you were ragging on Kenny. <laughs> oh, without further. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it should be does, further ado. Yeah. Right. He does do that every time. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's because sometimes he does say bid you adieu, so he's confusing himself. Yeah. Um, but that is something I don't think anybody has. I'd add him, I, but then we'd be blocked. So I just, I'm going right. to leave it here. 
Yeah. I am I am a thousand percent sure that you are the first person to catch that because he does it a lot. And there are supposedly creative writers that are involved with making these shows, and nobody has thought to say to Kenny Omega, hey, um yep. I'm gonna pull you aside, Kenny. <laughs> Come here, bud. It's a do. <laughs> Uh, but we can't just keep giving him grief because we're about to talk about PWI 500, Matt. Right. We're going um, pi to pivot from the all-out fallout because there's some other stuff to talk about, too. But over to yeah. PWI. Matt, um, I mean, this list gets scrutinized so heavily um, every be. year. No, no, no matter who's on top, who's on the bottom, who makes the list, it doesn't make the list. Um, and I just thought it was important. You know, we got another uh, uh, another one just debuted, um, essentially for 2021. Um, and I thought it was important to bring up two things. Uh, who is voting? It is people who work for that magazine. Um, there, there are some opportunities where fans get to vote, uh, but it is you know people uh, will compose profiles for the wrestlers, and these are employees for PWI 500. So I would keep that in mind. And then I also thought it would be important if we're going to talk about it today um, to talk about the criteria that they use um, to decide who is at the top of a list of 500 wrestlers, Matt, which, you know, you might think that's just how many people work for WWE, but not anymore after all the cuts they've made. So here's what we're going to do. Matt, this criteria includes uh, a wrestler's win-loss record uh, for the year, championships won uh, for said wrestler, Quality of the competition, major feuds uh, that that person has had, their prominence within a wrestler's individual promotions, and we have to um, include an S in that now. Um, now that the uh, the doors have opened, uh, the bridges are open, um, and you can travel to and fro if you wish. And uh, lastly. Um, Kind of tough because a lot of these definitely feel subjective. Um, I'll say 100% of them feel <laughs> subjective. It's overall wrestling ability. Um, so I think it's important here. Um, just do like the top 10 so you kind of get a feel for who it is if you haven't seen the list yet. And then I think it's important to look at the top three and kind of figure out um, how they rank those guys one, two, and three. So Matt, um, Going 10 to, 10 to 1, Rich Swan from Impact, uh, Shingo Tagaki uh, from New Japan, Finn Balor, of course, WWE, Will Ospreay, uh, New Japan, John Moxley, AEW, Kota Ibushi from New Japan, Drew McIntyre, WWE, Bobby Lashley, or Bob Lashley as he's known now, WWE, Roman Reigns, the big dog at number two, and number one, Kenny Omega. Not his first time at the top. Um, so I thought it would be uh, kind of interesting because um, we know the win-loss records. <sighs> Those guys up at the top have not lost many matches over the past year, right? Right. Um, I'd say Kenny, Roman, and Bob, you know, have held their respective championship on their respective promotion. If we're going to, you know, just pretend SmackDown and Raw have different promotions um, and Kenny, um, you know, they've, they've all held it, essentially. Um, prominence, they've all been the faces of the company. If you turn on Raw, you know, you're going to see Bob. Um, you turn on SmackDown, it's uh, Roman, Roman, Roman. You turn on AEW, it's Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. And I, I would say arguably all three of these guys could go. Of the three, Bob is an actual real-life fighter who I would never, ever dare to insult 
in real life because he would break you. Uh, Roman Reigns, you know, he's every single pay per view. I don't, I don't think he's ever had a bad pay per view match. And then Kenny Omega, I, you know, I think it's almost universally agreed upon. He's just excellent. So I gotta think that in some capacity, this has to do with the story <laughs> and the feuds. So that's why I wanted to give you these three groupings. Okay, Matt? Okay. All right. So for Bob, um, obviously he had his feud with the Hurt Business in the past year. Um, he was with Matt Riddle uh, back when he still had a first name for a little while. Um, they were doing that U.S. title uh, feud. Um, Bob was up against McIntyre. The, the best Jew in wrestling, Goldberg, Kofi, and The Miz. Man, if we go to Roman Reigns, he's got The Fiend, Jey Uso, McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Brian Danielson, Edge, Cesaro, and Rey Mysterio. And then if we go to Kenny Omega, you got John Moxley, Rich Swan, Orange Cassidy, Pac, Sammy Callahan, and Christian. Matt, of those three groupings, which one do you think is the most impressive? Um, look, we're gushing about AEW, right? I mean, I, I think Kenny Omega is going to have a much better looking resume next year. <laughs> and still win number one. Um, and I think this is where you, you look at it and go, ah, championships one is the... Uh, one of the key ingredients here. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think Roman Reigns has clearly the most impressive of, of the three lists here. Uh, it's not even close, on. Matt. Yeah. It's not even close. There's living legends in Mysterio and Edge and Brian Danielson. Um, and then just, you know, fantastic wrestlers and Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre. Cesaro, and I, I mean, for storylines, you know, The Fiend and Jey Uso, I, I I don't think that's really a contest. I, I feel like Roman Reigns, far and away, I, I know he didn't win uh, Impact Championship, I know he didn't win the uh, AAA Championship, but goddamn, I mean, Roman Reigns has had one of the greatest years in wrestling history, I don't, I don't know how he's not number one, and uh, like bringing up this extra data doesn't tell the story um i th i think if you're gonna sit there and and discuss um like the wrestling ability if that even though that's last on this list here mm -hmm. i i could still look at kenny omega and compare him to roman reigns and say kenny is is the more impressive pro wrestler um i think roman reigns definitely he's he's good or he's great what am i saying but you know he, there there's things that kenny omega can do i i feel like in a bunch of different scenarios and Roman Reigns really has just like that one track of like this is these are the things I do well in pro wrestling and we have to make sure the match sticks to that so that I can highlight all of my best attributes um so I we can uh, can we agree on that I mean I can't Kenny is the the better pro wrestler of the two like the better, as far as like the the quintessential like di like diversification of of moves, right? And I know we talked in past episodes where, um, depending on who Kenny was facing, he's so good at kind of like 
Um, if he's, you know, he's in AEW, they, you know, they don't employ, you know, that um, kind of classic WWE shape. So if he's fighting a guy that's smaller than him, he'll revert to being more the power guy. Um, if he's facing somebody a little bit bigger than him, he'll, you know, lean on his speed a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a spot where you can say that he... Um, Although I would say better at promos is is Roman. So if you say overall wrestling ability, part of the wrestling ability is... I would, so I would I, say I would that... with Roman over Kenny. If they... Uh, I don't know why that's not a listed criteria, but if being on the microphone was one of the criteria... I think you could make the case that all these guys fall. Bob, he just kind of leans on MVP. Roman Reigns is he's good. I don't I don't know if he's like, you know, the, the, the great wordsmith uh orator of our generation. And Kenny Omega is an absolute nightmare. Uh, I, I would say he's <laughs> like an F. He's god awful on the microphone. Kenny, if you want to block me for that, I have I accept. I accept. He could, because he, could bid, he could bid you adieu. You bid me <laughs> adieu. <laughs> um, you so, properly. A proper, yeah, a proper adieu for Mike. Without further adieu. <laughs> He's going to tweet that out. Proper adieu. Uh, I mean, it does. It is funny how um, his style of promo, I don't think, gets enough flack because it is super goofy. Despite the fact that the they're trying to be more sporty, where yeah. Roman his delivery is like I'm gonna fucking murder you, and that <laughs> is his delivery, and it's just that you know the whole idea of WWE comes it's more cartoony as a whole, yeah. but I think that's why we all like that Bloodline storyline. Um, no, yeah, I I mean to to jump in, I, I it is it is very interesting that you brought up the the point that these guys are all the most recognizable faces in their uh, individual brands. If we want to throw Raw, SmackDown, and AEW as a brand, and they all have a talking piece. They have a Don Callis, they have a Paul Heyman, and an MVP that make them. I don't know. Don Callis is probably the worst of those three. And again. We love AEW. We just gushed the first half of this episode. I mean, Don Callis is really but, good at his job. I, I don't. I don't want to throw too much shade at him. I oh, I don't know. I I never think that his because I feel like he's really good at being kind of like that. Not at the MJF level of being like a self-aware villain, yeah. but knowing what like a classic like uh, villain. Um, God, what is the word? Um, like valet or escort or manager, like what that role is supposed to be. And he's, he's really good at, you know, bringing that to the table. He knows it, you know what he's going to do, but he, he still says it anyway with a little bit of a tongue in cheek, but there's still enough vitriol in it to make you grind your molars over what he's saying. So I, I feel like he juggles that really well. So I, I, I personally give him a lot of credit. I, I would just say I, I would review his ability to tell a joke as like, if you've ever heard anybody tell a funny joke and then there's that guy on the side that like repeats the exact same thing and then laughs about it, he could be the original deliverer of the joke, but he still sounds like that second guy. Like it still sounds like he's repeating somebody else's joke and he doesn't quite have it or the timing's not right. The words are there, but it's just, it's not, it's not hitting. And that's, uh, 
that's how it always feels with Don Callis for me. I and I, I get what you're saying. I think it's just if that is part of the character for him to just have these horrible, awful jokes that are just I don't know. I it just makes me go, Jesus Christ, Don. <laughs> All right, that's that's enough. Um, but I, I I will say you're making a pretty good case here for Roman Reigns. I think it it depends on uh, a lot here on the the in ring wrestling ability. And the championships won. I think you just, it's really hard to compete with going brand to brand and getting those victories and holding belts. Um, you also have to throw in there, like, who's beating top 10 guys? Um, Roman has McIntyre, Lashley's got McIntyre, Kenny Omega's got Moxley mixed in there. Um, gosh, is that is that it? Um Man, Roman's about to get Finn Balor mi mixed in there, but that doesn't count for this past year. Oh, and and uh, and Rich Swan. Yeah. There you go. So there, if you're going to say quality of competition, I think you're right in saying there's some legends on Roman's list. But if you're going to look at the PWI 500, and we're, you know, like the kayfabe in it is that this is this is God. Let's just pretend that. Then you're also seeing a couple of guys in Kenny Omega's list that are featured in this top ten. So I think that's where his quality of competition probably gets a higher grade. Um, and, you know, it's also pretty wild that his major feuds, uh, well, maybe don't result in, in being the main event of WrestleMania. They're feuds that crossed brands and felt like it was changing pro wrestling, like the industry. So I would, again, give the nod there. So I think, I think there's a lot here that Kenny Omega did that goes uh, certainly beyond his own brand. It goes beyond just what the storylines were. The only problem is, Mike, with me making all of these arguments, is that PWI makes the exact opposite argument and says, whoa, 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 this is all kayfabe. Everybody calm down. Don't get too angry about it because we're all we're just pretending it's about, you know, in-ring and we, we pretend it's real to us. So I'm making all these arguments for Kenny. PWI says the exact opposite, and I think, based on that, Mike, uh, considering how hard they go into this is kayfabe, probably should be Roman Reigns, considering. <laughs> Just yeah. yeah, it's it's a great point. It's um, I could make the argument, but all my arguments go against what PWI says. So, fuck me. <laughs> well, I mean, let's look at it this way. I mean, you know, all these decisions, right, are <laughs> predetermined. Uh, that's what wrestling is. Um, but I guess with the outcomes of the matches, maybe for you and I, it's it's not so much, you know, well, he, he beat Rey Mysterio. That's a Hall of Famer, so chalk that up. I think it has more to do with, like, when the match ends, does it feel right? So, you know, when Kenny defeated... Moxley, that felt like, yeah, you know, it's pretty deserving. Um, when he tumbled to Christian, we were kind of like, ah, I guess if it's just the Impact title, right? It's not the AEW title. But, I mean, Roman Reigns is not that many years removed from just being loathed. Uh, every booking decision, whether he won or lost, felt like the wrong move. Um, and somehow he found a way to basically march through some of the most beloved names in WWE history. And people more, much more often than not, 
agreed with the decisions. Um, you know, when he was defeating McIntyre, people were like, yeah, it's about time. When he defeated Owens, yeah, it's about time. When he double stacked, he Burger King st stack burgered Brian Danielson and Edge. Man, I, I, it, it's only a couple of years ago that people would have been livid. They would have said, I'm never watching the WWE program again. But when that match concluded, I think we were all kind of in agreement that, yeah, it's just kind of Roman's time. He's earned that privilege to pin these two, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're going to be referencing this again later, but two like wrestling Mount Rushmore guys in Brian and Edge. So it's, 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 it's a guy, if, if he can make you feel like those booking decisions make sense and they're like that, that huge moments, you know, that, that guy, those kind of guys with that kind of reputation, I, I can't, I really don't see how you don't have Roman number one because all, all those really tough decisions, he made them work. Well, moving on, uh, if uh, I, I promised uh, that we'd come back to All Out and uh, kind of get a little bit deeper into the fallout of, of I guess, two big sections. It's it's more of the Punk, uh, Danielson, Cole, Ruby Soho conversation. And then, Mike, um, we'll start with this, though, just to break it up a little bit. Uh, did we watch the greatest tag match ever? Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros? <sighs> I maybe <laughs> I like that. No, that's that's how I felt when we were talking about if you know Dragonoff and Walter was one of the greatest of all time. Um, yeah, I mean we saw one of the greatest solo matches and title matches, um, and maybe one of the best tag matches ever. Um, got that image of Penta with the blood like oozing out of the holes in his mask. Oh yep. my god. Um, but yeah. I, you know the emotion in that one, the like the just the physical ability. Um, I know we like uh, referencing people like uh, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, um, my buddy uh, David Shoemaker. I like him a lot. Um, and uh, God, I'm trying to remember the quote that they had about that match. But they they were they were essentially just saying like uh, Shoemaker was just saying that if you know that there's going to be eyeballs on like an AEW production, right? Like, okay, we're going to have CM Punk wrestle for the first time in seven years. Um, they're like, oh, oh my God. You know, like the, uh, the buys for that pay-per-view were really high. Um, he's like, if you want to help get, you know, certain portions of your division over um, and get people to tune into AEW again, just put the Bucks and put the Lucha Bros in the ring and give them 20 minutes. And... I agreed with that statement because I was one of the people who thought, you know, Jungle Boy was a was an easy no-brainer uh, to put him in there uh, with Jurassic Express against um, the Young Bucks. But whew, I, as much as I love Jungle uh, Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express, I, I that was one of the most perfect booking decisions I, I think I've ever watched. Um, the right team went over, uh, but I think it was one of those rare times where everybody looks stronger without you, you know, like in a WWE 50-50 booking style, kind of having to roll your eyes. It was, man, I think yeah, uh, like, it was poetry motion, man. Yeah, the ending of that match of Ray laying it all out where it really looked like, you know, for both teams, they were trying to figure out, well, what else do we have to do? Um, 
And my my favorite part though, the entire match, and I don't think we get enough of this, was uh Penta holding down, and I'm I'm sorry, I don't know if it was Matt or Nick uh that were on the outside or Matt or Nick that was getting pinned. Oh, the tackle, um, so you could get the tag in. So they could get the pin, right? Or the pin, yeah. Yeah. Uh I just want to make sure we were thinking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that type of thing is so underrated. I feel like, or maybe it is properly rated at this point, because I know a lot of other people get excited about it too. But Ray makes that move, and this becomes like, no, we need to get this pin right now, or else the, the you know that dive was wasted. Uh, this this whole match is not going to go our way. And they yeah. beg for the sporting feel. That was the sporting feel right there. And I, I, yeah, like hats off. That that was for me. That's going to go down as, as something I go back and watch. And I think that's how you and I try to judge everything. We used to judge things by hot dogs. Um, but we try to judge everything most of the time by how many times we're going to go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, that That is a match you could watch start to finish. No problem. Lickety split. You'll be through that sucker. Uh, you'll blink and you'll be at the end of that uh, that jump by Ray. And um, it's I think it's sold that much better because we wanted – uh, they they've they held off so long given lucha bros like that signature victory over um over the young bucks i'm, geez, I'm so tired uh and i i think i, I saw we we discussed with a couple of our buddies on twitter like this is long overdue and almost some anger mixed with that but i i think that added to it at least it, it was something where you make an, a, an amazing point or bringing up others points that if you're trying to get people to believe in this brand, put the two best tag teams that you've got together and, you know, let, let them go. Right. Uh, but you're also serving up something for the AEW faithfuls that have been begging for the Lucha bros to, to get a win. And, and this was that opportunity. So they're going to turn in a great match. We're sitting here asking, is it one of the best tag matches we've ever seen? And that that enough right there is, is is like says it all. Like we're actually having that conversation, but um, no, yeah, I I I think the storyline to it was weak at the start, but the story moving through the match, and then of course giving the Lucha Bros the ultimate victory, um, I think is what sells this for me, and is is going to be something that I want to relive. But Mike. Other things I'm going to be reliving that I've already relived probably 50 times um, were all those debuts. And I, I guess I want to focus on the end of the show and ask you if it was perfectly booked. I think uh, we talked so many times about um, are they really going to – well, I did. Are they going to blow their wad in one night? And uh, they, did, they did stuff all those debuts in one night, but it didn't feel – it didn't feel like uh, like it was too much. It just felt like you know the story worked, um, and it was just so funny that so much happened. Like you kind of forgot. Oh yeah, CM Punk had his first match back in seven years. Um, but yeah, I, I in the same way that you know the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, you know we're gonna have a lot of eyeballs on the show tonight, guys. Let's uh, let's really go all out, so to speak. Um, for them to do that and like have all those eyeballs, like having people like you know watching at home and turning to each other, like whoa, man, we just saw one of the best tag matches ever. We saw Punk and Darby uh, reenact. If you're you know historian, 
a, a Bret Hart versus one, two, three kid match. Um, and now we're going to watch Brian Danielson, you know, the yes guy and uh, Adam Cole. I, I Man, I, I can't wait to watch more of this. And so it, it, it was perfectly booked because it, it made that night special. It was in front of the right crowd. Uh, God bless Chicago wrestling fans. And uh, it, it got you really psyched for Wednesday. Um, it got you really psyched for Fridays. It got you psyched to watch wrestling at 10 p.m. Eastern time on a Friday night, Matt. Um, so I, I, as far as perfectly booked, yeah, this was the opposite of an exploding, you know, death wire match, whatever that exploding barbed wire death match. Uh, because nobody had one negative thing to say. It was just universally loved, accepted, and I think people just kept watching it because it was so good. Well, it's, uh, I, I wanted, I mean, this is the uh, official title of the episode was what the future was going to be for our four newbies. Um, mm -hmm. I want you to pick one and then go two steps into the future. So first step, just for an example for Ruby, would be, fight Britt Baker, and then what's step two? Uh, so if you want to pick anybody, and I figure we'll run through the four, and then I'll pick one, then you pick one, and I'll pick one. Or unless unless you want me to go first. If you want uh, a second. Yeah, you yeah, go, go first. Man. I'll go first, go. yeah, because I, I I guess... Teach me this game this. you just made up. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's less of a game and more just let's let's talk about how we think this is, this is going to go. Let's fantasy book it. Um... It's only a game, I guess, from the perspective that I'm going to go and then you're going to go and you're going to have somebody eliminated because I'm picking one. Um, I think I'm going to go with the easiest one because uh, let's go CM Punk. Um, I, I think this is this booking these next two steps for Punk go Team Taz and then TNT Championship. I, I think... Um, I think he's he's going to look at that TNT championship and see what it means to this brand that even though I still think it's the silliest looking title in pro wrestling with the television channel as the middle of the belt. God, I wish I wish Brody had something more beautiful to to attach to his name, but it still has that attachment to it. And I think it is important for Punk. And um, I think it's pretty obvious that Team Taz is next, but I, I think it makes the most sense with this absolutely stacked roster now uh, for Punk to go after that TNT championship after Team Taz. I will say for Adam Cole, it, it feels like his path is already lined up, uh, that he's going to be doing battle against that, that grouping of, um, you know, Kavarian. Uh, uh, Hanky, God, why do I always screw up his name? I always get like my NHL um, <laughs> dyslexia. Um, yeah, Frankie Kazarian. I have to like write it down so I can say it correctly. I'm so sorry. Uh, but he's going up against uh, the Frankie Kazarians, Christians, Brian Danielson, and Jungle Boy, um, Luchasaurus. And uh, God, I would not be upset at all if Adam Cole had a singles match against Marco Stunt at a pay-per-view. That, that would be incredible television. Um, <laughs> but um, I think we kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, I think what he's going to do is prove himself here with some victories against that grouping. Um, I would think that one of his pay-per-view matches is going to be um, against Jungle Boy. And maybe once January rolls around, recruiting Kevin Owens. 
um, recruiting the young bucks and uh, kind of breaking up the elite man. Does um, I I didn't I, <laughs> you you probably it feels like you you put in more thought into this than I than I have with my short answer, but um, do you think anybody just to jump back to to section one of CM Punk? Um, do you think anybody on Team Taz? And I guess I'm I'm pretty much just going to stick with Hobbs and Hook. Are either one of them going to sniff a win, or is this just going to be a couple of dynamite episodes and Punk's done and moving on? I could definitely see because I, I don't think Punk's going to have like an, uh, an extended, you know, undefeated streak. He's going to lose some, you know, shenanigan matches. Um, you know, much like we got to see Andrade uh, get a victory over over Pack. You know what? Um, You're nailing it because they'll, they'll they'll extend the feud with Team Taz by doing that. Yeah, so I think that uh, you know maybe eventually Punk will you know get a win over um, uh, Powerhouse, but um, yeah, it'll it'll come at the expense of you know some people cheating on the outside. But I think eventually what Punk's goal is is you know to probably go up against uh, Ricky Starks and uh, mm-hmm. whew, that's gonna be those are gonna be some pretty electric promos. So I'm pretty pumped for that. Yeah, you get another draft pick here, Matt, and then I get the last one, I believe. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, all right, so, Mike, here's 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 the problem. I was Googling something, and I missed everything you said about your person. So who did you pick? You son of a bitch. I know, I'm such an asshole. All right. Let's see if you get lucky and don't pick them, Matt. All right. Um, I'm going to go... With, uh, oh, right. Uh, you said, uh, Frankie Kazarian, right? Um, that's, that's who Adam Cole's facing next, right? So um, I get to pick Brian Danielson. Matt, I know our listenership is already low. You, you could at <laughs> least be listening while you're in the episode. Yeah. Adam Cole is my pick. No, no, I, I, it all came back to me like instantly. I, it's, it's late. I, I know. Um, but I didn't remember because of Frankie. So, um, okay. So I, I, I think, I don't know if I want to consider step one, like the pre Kenny Omega battle, or just say like, it's leading up to the Kenny Omega battle. I think there is something to, uh, the idea that they do want to get eyes on the fact that Brian Danielson is on their, their show. So, He's going to fight through the elite, but I think ultimately it's going to, they're going to try and build up his, his win loss record um, Danielson and then put him up against Kenny just so that it, it makes more sense for their power rankings and stuff. And we're not sitting there going like, what happened to Hangman page? Um, speaking of, I think that is, is probably a mixed in step or maybe it's, it's two steps mixed together of hangman page uh going up against uh brian danielson and i think there's a great shot that the elite ruins danielson's shot at winning the title and i think they are gonna you know they're gonna have to fudge some 50 50 booking and step two is gonna be hangman saying i've been waiting around for this shit forever i want i want kenny omega you couldn't get it done doesn't matter that they cheated you screwed up so his part two is actually laying down for Hangman so Hangman can go get Kenny Omega, which would be, and that's Hangman's part three, I guess. Um, what happens after that? I figure, you know, they're, at some point they're going to figure in a punk 
Danielson feud. Uh, so if if Punk's beaten Miro for the TNT Championship, that's where those two guys are like, well, what do we do next? Well, there you go. Now you guys fight. Um, but I, I I'm a huge fan of the 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 one two steps here for uh, for Danielson. I put together um just kind of just kind of piecing it together trying to figure like how do they keep the title off off brian and then they still i i you and i agreed like even if they brought in all these guys they still need to turn the title over to hangman um i don't know if we're waiting until november for that or if we're waiting till the next pay-per-view starts next year uh which i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head but um we could be waiting that long but i think ultimately they want to do that big face taking out the elite um maybe with the help of danielson at his side or something like that but um yeah i i guess the dark order too um but yeah that's that's ultimately how i see that uh, those two steps going for for brian this is the hardest one it's ruby soho um she uh obviously could be the be, easiest one well she's uh pretty it's <laughs> pretty obviously going to be going up against uh brit baker um, yeah, I'd probably fighting against, uh, 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 Reba and, um, you know, she's already fought, uh, Hayter. I think the toughest part is after that because it's literally a who's who of people who fought Britt Baker and then they've just kind of floundered. Um, you know, Abaddon had her, her quick run in where she was, you know, kind of relevant for a while. She's going up against the Karoshita. She had a little, uh, bump with Britt Baker. Now she's just kind of floating off in outer space. Um, I mean, I don't know what this means for Statlander. It just, I don't think she's getting another title shot any, anytime soon. Um, Nyla Rose is just kind of there as the powerhouse. You know, she's, she's got, you know, she's on TV occasionally. Um, you know, we, we know Ty Conti kind of, kind of had a quick, quick brush and now she's also kind of floundering, uh, same thing with Red Velvet. So I think the toughest thing for Ruby is I, I think she's the one who's got to grab the division you know, by the, by the, the ovaries, if you will, um, and get it to the point where we actually have a storyline outside of, you know, what's going on in the main event picture. Um, for a little while, we had that run where Thunder Rosa was getting a lot of segments. Um, Ty kind of had that um, uh, budding friendship, um, kind of hanging out with, you know, Anna Jay, uh, you know, uh, the, the bunny and Penelope Ford are, you know, kind of forming some sort of alliance. Um, I, I think that this might be where Ruby can, you know, finally, please let her get on the microphone. And then uh, I'm not sure who she's going to recruit. I don't think it would be Thunder Rosa as electric as that tag team would be. Cause I think the real money is going to be Thunder Rosa staying as a singles competitor. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think that, the next step after Brit, it's got to be she's gonna she's gonna have to be one of the few. Give me a microphone, let me tell a story. So I, I hope that's what they do. Um, I don't know if she's gonna be in a tag tag team again. Um, we know she's got a lot of comfort doing that, but uh, and we know some of these other women are starting to get tag teams together. I don't know if they're gonna build a women's tag team division. It would maybe help them get on TV a little bit more. But uh, that's, I guess that's my goal, Matt, is for, for Ruby to tell a story outside of a championship run. I like it. Um, 
I mean, it might be something too where they they want to get one more one or two more big signings in that women's division, and then then really start rolling out. You know, let's do another title, which would be the tag titles. Uh, you know, have things start out on dark, um, and you've got the extra rampage show. So there's there's plenty of space. That roster. When I watched the Casino Battle Royale, I, I started like rethinking any thought I had about um, this uh, the division being weak, and I you just every lady that came out i was like shit this division is now all of a sudden stacked uh so it's it's exciting to see but i do still you know land on the idea too that they they might want to steal or uh find a couple other um a couple other names to throw in that division before they add another title like uh one more name that might be added to the men's division uh the possibility of it just got shot straight up because uh, Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen's contract is has been reported by, as previously mentioned, Sean Ross Sapp is up in January. Uh, and Kevin Owens slash Steen also tweeted out uh, the uh, location of, of Mount Rushmore. Uh, oh, the coordinates. Yeah. Yes. Uh, referencing the stable of the Young Bucks, Adam Cole and himself. Um, I mean, it's... It, that stuff is just too juicy to pass up as a conversation. Um, and of course the, the whole contract was uh, restructured, uh, restructured recently because of all the COVID financial issues that the WWE is apparently having. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, I guess I want to throw that out there and then mix it into the next piece of the conversation, um, which would be if, if you have any thoughts on that. And then uh, if you heard what Mick Foley said, uh, about the w yeah throw mick foley in there too well i do do we have time to watch the whole thing because i i may or may not have it queued up here uh if anybody Let's wants fire to fire it up all right because I... oh you know what give me a sec everybody as, as you're probably familiar if you've watched the show before matt always forgets to add the audio and uh now he's stalling for time oh my god i just closed the window like an asshole Hopefully this part's entertaining to listen to. Maybe, maybe not. Um, there goes Matt. He's loading the video again. Man, I feel like an ass point right now. Uh, we're almost there, everybody. Hang on tight. All right. Three, two, one. Hello, this is hardcore legend Mick Foley. I'd like to title this video WWE. We've got a problem because I think you do. And that problem is that WWE is no longer the place <laughs> for talent to aspire to. Part of it is because AEW is doing a great job of attracting great talent, proven talent, building other talent, creating storylines. But part of it is a problem of your own making. I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside, or in the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. It's not broke. Uh, don't fix it. Uh, if I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I'm WWE to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me uh, back in the day. That was a different time different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be uh, with my career in their hands. And until that changes, WWE, you've got a problem. All right. So 
I had to hesitate there because uh, the video restarted, so I had Mick Foley going through it again. Um, <laughs> I hope y'all heard that. Mike, you heard it, right? You would have told me. You would have stopped me if you couldn't hear anything. Yeah, the audio works. Um, Perfect. Um, yeah, so I, it does feel like Kevin Owens makes that, uh, that tweet. I, I think he sees how much fun it is at AEW. All of his buddies are over there. I mean... Like, rewind when uh, Undisputed Era broke up. Uh, I went and made a video that said, uh, Adam Cole is going to AEW because his wife and all of his friends are there. So, I <laughs> why, why would why would Kevin want to pass up on that opportunity, too? I Some people said, you know, this, this was Kevin's dream job, and he said so, is that he always wanted to fight for WWE. Guess what? He did. Mission accomplished, won multiple titles, and now what? You know, just sit around and collect a paycheck and kind of fizzle out as you know some other guys have have more prominent positions. I maybe he never, you know, maybe he doesn't leave because he loves the WWE and Vince McMahon so much. But also think about you know what would you do, Mike, if you had to pick? Um, I, I think I'd want to go where my friends are at to be completely honest. So I think you have two choices. If you really want to fight in front of 15,000 people, 20,000 people max, um, and be on TBS inside the next year, but you're also keeping some artistic and wrestling, like kayfabe integrity, you go to AEW. If you want to be in Jumanji or you want to be in the Mandalorian uh, or you want to be in the Suicide Squad, I think you might still want to go to WWE because you're going to be on Fox TV with commercials about NFL football coming up on Sunday or Thursday or Monday. So I, I think it just makes the decision a little bit harder for the wrestler, but what WWE's going to stop doing and what it looks like they're already you know kind of biting the bullet and looking long term is yeah we're probably going to let some you know indie darlings walk and you know in the short run maybe that'll work out for them and you know AEW will be happy to you know have Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk but you know we're going to go the Bianca Belair route um, we're going to go the Brock Lesnar route we are going to build our own guys so we're going to get big people who are like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and we're going to build superheroes. And you know what? You get to be in real commercials. You will be rubbing elbows with major sports. You're not going to be on the backup channel for TNT. So I, I think one of them is about artistic integrity, and that's very, very appealing if you've been in the WWE program um, and want to express yourself like you used to on the indies and not feel like you have to be, you know, a neutered, watered-down, you know, carrying cross with a, you know, knockoff Halloween City Mad Max costume. You can just go to AEW and kind of be yourself and have free reign and, you know, say what you want in your promos. But, whew, it's hard to turn down a big bag of money. And, uh, you know, that kind of that kind of numbers, you know, those, those take care of families. So, I, I, I think... That Mick is right that in AEW being a real choice, but man, if you're looking at bills and you're looking at your future outside of professional wrestling, 
it's got to be really hard to turn down WWE. No, oh, that's you. You bring up an amazing point. Um, it just, you know, I I think for a guy like Mick Foley said himself, like if it was him making this decision, he probably would go with AEW over WWE if that was the same case. You know, back when he was as big as he was. Um, and we know that Mick loves pro wrestling, so it depends on where your priorities are at. I, I think is the long and short of it. So I I think that was a perfect answer, Mike. But I would also look at Kevin Owens and Kevin Steen and why is this like, you know, why is it Kevin Owens? Um, well, it's because he took his name, his son's name and attached it to his own for her, for his WWE name. And then uh, of course his son is named after his favorite wrestler of all time. So wrestling is, is pretty deep in, into Kevin's blood. So I, I would say, he would be a guy I, I would I would look at and say I think he'd be happy with what the financial situation would turn into and the futures uh, future prognosis for for any other post wrestling career and and he'd want to he'd want to go back to wrestling. Also, that's kind of what it feels like. All these guys are just Ring of Honor guys, so you know they, they just they want to be buddies again out out in yeah. It's just. This is a, a Ring of Honor just graduated. It's, it's basically what it feels like is going on. Um, so to that, I think it also relates, Mike. Uh, WWE, who may be bidding adieu uh, to a few of their superstars, uh, brought in Gable Stevenson. And if that isn't a WWE signing, and uh, as you put it, let the, let the indie dar- darlings go, and we're going to keep doing what we do best. I think Gable fits that to a T. They bring in an Olympic gold medalist. They bring in a guy who immediately tweets, this is my dream. And I don't know how much PR is mixed into that, you know, to make sure he gets that out because they're in the middle of this conversation online with Mick Foley. That is pretty one-sided. Um, and then uh, on the heels of, of the AEW um, signing. So I... If this, you know, is a couple of pro wrestling fans, um, I'm not going to go back and read this tweet for the rest of my life. Um, it's definitely not a moment. It's, uh, even in his debut, it'll be like, all right, let's see what this guy's got. Um, so this, this is going to be all about how much can he add to the name and become something bigger than, than an Olympic hero and uh, add that to, you know, to who he is and make it a, a professional wrestling character. Um, but, uh, you know, in the, in the same week, it means very little to me <laughs> when AEW's bringing in Danielson, Cole, Punk's fighting for the yeah, first time. Yeah, uh, so. it's long game for sure. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how long it takes for that guy to kind of figure out, you know, uh, the pro wrestling style as opposed to the amateur. Um, but, I mean, you know, this is WWE. They, we, we know that they've got guys like that uh, – the Lesnar looking like the the Parker Bordeaux, I think his name yeah. is. Yeah. So these guys are they're growing. Um, it's just you know AEW's getting fresh tomatoes right off the vine, and WWE's out there you know planting, planting. crops. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it, it looks really good for AEW, but uh, I mean we'll see. Uh, part of the problem too is not always you know it's not just the talent because we know that there's talent on both shows it's just what kind of you know entertainment and production value am i am i getting when i when i want to watch wrestling and i'm not getting a lot when i watch a three-hour marathon of monday night raw 
but I am entertained when I watch Dynamite. So that's that's, that's an issue too. I was entertained watching SmackDown, and I think this is how we'll wrap up the show because this is this was another good use of Roman Reigns in the Bloodline storyline um, with Brock making his return to SmackDown. And um, another part of our title of the show is uh, the return of, of Demon Balor. Uh, but Mike, Brock came back. The, the highlights of this, um, and it's just one of these things. I feel like we have to we have to hit on something that happened actually on one of these shows, right? Like um, talk about it the way we're about to. Um, yeah. Brock Lesnar asks Paul Heyman why he didn't tell Roman Reigns he was going to be at SummerSlam, um, in- inferring that Paul and Brock talked and Paul knew he was showing up and he just never informed Roman. I the the way that this is turning, I I could not be more intrigued. And it's it's just so exciting right now because, the, you know, the looks in the ring. Paul looks like he just pissed himself. Um, but then as as it continues, Brock is about to lay out Paul Heyman with an F five, and uh, the Usos come in to to fight Brock, and Brock takes out both the Usos. I mean, immediately you're like, all right, well there goes the relationship with Paul Heyman and Brock. But you never you didn't hit it right. So they didn't actually no, connect. There's still that that chance, and and we know Paul Heyman's been hit with worse and sided with the guy that's that's you know done wrong to him. So, I I would say there's a lot of intrigue here for Paul Heyman to still turn on Roman Reigns or whatever's going on. This is just such a juicy story, but uh, it got even juicier at the end of the night. Usos defend the tag titles um, and uh, beat the Street Profits, and uh, it's. Demon Balor making his return at Madison Square Garden. Um, I I just, to me, that was something where I would not expect a moment besides Brock Lesnar coming out. Um, I wasn't expecting a huge pop moment, but the fans watching that show live really did justice to the Demon Balor reveal um, because it was hinted and everything, and it looked like it was, it was possible it was going to happen. But him coming out, uh, you know, hat, hats off, as, as we say all the time, uh, hats off to the fans watching SmackDown tonight because that was one of the bigger pops I think I've heard for a guy that's already on the roster uh, just coming out to say hello. Um, that was humongous, and it shows the power of Finn Balor and Demon Balor. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's funny uh, that WWE gets in trouble with AEW and um, their break glass if needed right now is it was in NXT. It was put Finn down in NXT and now on SmackDown, it's bring back Demon Balor and you know, not a single point in between those two thoughts that they go, he's, he needs a, a really lengthy title run on the main roster because I have no confidence whatsoever in him actually beating Roman, but uh, they know that there's money and interest in having Demon Balor on their TV. So um, I wouldn't, yeah, I just wouldn't be too sure if we're going to bust out like uh, Demon Balor is undefeated. Um, unlike Balor Balor, who, you know, seemingly loses every title match um, on the main roster. Um, in some capacity, I got to think Lesnar's going to interfere, um, cost Roman a title. And, uh, you know, Brock and Roman will fight. And then, you know, Demon Balor can uh, kind of run the gauntlet as a champion. And, uh, you know, that'll. Hopefully, kind of spread the wealth a little bit, where you know you don't have to have Roman, 
being the most interesting character and be the champion. We can kind of, you know, spread that out like Undertaker style a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for, forward to that. I, I think that would really make SmackDown an even better uh, television viewing experience. And I feel like I just have to watch the Roman segments to get a feel for, you know, what the, the main storylines are going to be on pay-per-views. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – I wish WWE not, – not that I want to say panicked, but, you know, that they showed a little bit more urgency, you know, to be like – yeah, we do have uh, Finn Balor in our pipe pocket. Um, also, I was just thinking, we're really low on tag teams. What if we just got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn together? I mean, they're already best buddies, and it would be like everybody's favorite storyline immediately. I mean, they're just sitting there. Yeah. We've never, we've never done it. I mean, well, do you think they? I don't know. Would they? They did it once say, before. Yeah. Would they would they say yes? I don't. Do you think they'd say yes? I don't know if they'd say yes. I don't want to. I don't want to guess. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to jump to conclusions. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they'll sign a contract extension if we can make them happy. Maybe if we make them friends on TV, they'll be friends with us in the negotiating room. Okay, I'm gonna text them. I'm gonna text them. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I think ultimately this just you know puts a smile on my face to think about. I, I'm a little bit more excited for extreme rules as i like to say because of that big old w inside <laughs> of extreme yep uh but yeah extreme rules should be uh super fun um, oh. because of that <laughs> uh but yeah not not too much to take away yet and i think the more interesting conversation will happen when we have to complain about demon balor taking the loss when they're trying to find a way to define pro wrestling oh. post aew's huge night um Right, like, don't do you, do you do another throwaway pay per view, like waiting till we get to the Royal Rumble, or do you look at what AEW did and you're like, fuck, let's try and do a banger of a pay per view? Because again, I think you could have the conversation of easily best AEW pay per view. Um, but some people were saying this all out was better than WrestleMania 17. Uh, I, I would say right you know recency bias um you know i'm i'm acknowledging it it, it was a fantastic pay-per-view and with all the pay-per-views that exist in pro wrestling i'm gonna be pretty i'm gonna give a cold take pretty weak sauce here mike but I'm, i have no problem saying without giving it a ton of thought i'm gonna say it's probably in the top 10 of wrestling pay-per-views um can i just spread through that card real quick yeah um Jericho versus uh, William Regal for the in Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Oh, I uh, Taz. <laughs> he threw me off. You went back to WrestleMania. Taz and APA versus Right to Censor, which was just a six-man tag. Man, it was a three-minute match. Kane defeats Raven and Big Show. Hardcore match. That is okay. That that is. This was a pretty good match. That was pretty supposed good. to be our our, res, our wrestling match book club uh, first match, and Damn. nobody signed up for it except for Plugo. Um, that that's a pretty good match. Uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Test. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Benoit. Uh, no, no championships. They were just fighting. That was a pretty good match. Uh, China versus Ivory. Uh, it was like a two-minute match. It was, you know, it was a, it was a turd. Uh, Shane 
versus Vince. And then, uh, oof, then we got the TLC, uh, Edgy Christian, Dudley's, uh, Hardy's. That's one of the best matches of all time. Um, they did a gimmick battle royale, which, you know, Undertaker versus Triple H. And then the main event, Stone Cold versus The Rock. I guess that even that Stone Cold versus The Rock, the ending was kind of... Um, I, th- like I feel like it's seven like or eight really good ones, though. Yeah, I'm I'm partial to WrestleMania 23, but that's because it was in Detroit. Um, I don't know. This is too long of a conversation we want to have right now. But I, I the point of me bringing that up was that should Extreme Wolves be <laughs> pay per view, or is it just going to be well? We'll get this one out of the way and we'll be, you know, now we're just a couple, we got to do a couple more months of content before we can start talking about the Royal Rumble and pretend none of this matters. Hold on. Before we jump away, this was the, this was the card for AEW. Just a quick reminder. Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage, which it was good, good, but not a lot of backpack. Yeah. uh, I fell asleep a little bit. Sorry. Not a Christian fan. Uh, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. That was, those are Pretty good match. Really like that. Uh, Chris Jericho versus MJF. I don't know. That was a pretty good match. Really like that. Uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Yes. I really like them, but I don't think that was a like you know Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy to say. All right, Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. All right, that was, that was a pretty good match. I mean. <laughs> All right. Is this your Beetlejuice Michael Keaton impression? Yeah, the same words up in here, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Miro versus Eddie Kingston. It was a lot of fun. I don't think it was, you know, Kane, Raven, Big Show fun, but it was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, Moxley versus Kojima. It was a party. It was pretty good. Paul White versus, come on. No, Woo! QT Marshall. Oh my god, that was such a fucking waste of time. Alright, the Casino Battle Royale. Definitely better than the Gimmick Battle Royale. Man, when you go through these match cards for both of these shows, uh... (laughs) What are we doing? What are we doing doing here, guys? WrestleMania 17 was incredible. I mean... I mean, AEW All Out, it was... I think the beer glasses, right, from all those debuts... Um, but like the matches, that's, that is part of the show. Yeah. You Um, can't take that away. So, I mean, now AEW is, you know, the corporate production and, uh, WrestleMania 17 was the wrestling show. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? I don't know. Let's just, can we just say both are really entertaining and I, I look forward to watching both. Yeah, but that you remember why I brought it up, and it was just to say that. Matt, final hot tag before we get out of here. Jesus. Matt, you're on a desert island. You get one DVD, well, one Blu-ray to bring with you. Are you bringing the 2021 all-out Blu-ray? Mega 17 Blu-ray. Probably because of nostalgia, probably WrestleMania 17. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, 
I guess that wraps us up then. Uh, we had some good hot tags today. Everybody, uh, go check out. Let's see if I can pull up this uh, overlay real quick. Uh, go check out our shop. It's uh, bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Matt's got to do some more work here to put some other t-shirts up. I, I was thinking we need some some more Brothers of Discussion shirts, but like in in like some AEW script or or WrestleMania script or something like that. I just gotta oh, figure man, out. Brothers of Discussion are all elite. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll get sued for that one, but it's a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, BODPodcast.com, brothers is, uh, of discussion.com. It's uh, shop pages on the homepage. Just click on that. You'll see all of our fun shirts, like the hot tag shirts. And then there's Sister of Discussion. Um, if that's the best way to support the show uh, financially, uh, the easiest way to do it is go to Apple Podcasts, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Give us those five stars. Let everybody know that the two brothers have some pretty good wrestling takes and you want everybody else to hear more so uh with that everybody thank you for tuning in and uh we will see you next week Woo!